Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Husker Big Red podcast with Chris Peterson of HuskerBigRed.com. And joining me as always is my co-host Danny Gillette of TheGreatCornholio.org. And we're here to join you after a big win for Nebraska basketball on a Sunday. They got a big victory over Penn State um, as a three and a half point underdog. Uh, Casey Tomananga went off for 30 points. So um, we'll see what that leads forward for Fred Hoiberg. But are you feeling better about uh, the basketball team after last night's win, Danny? I am. I know I was really negative last week, really, really negative. But um, you know, uh, this team, this team did what they've done all season. They've showed fight. They've showed that they're not going to give up. And you know, I think they did a really good job of, you know, uh, beating a team that you know, I believe they lost to last time out in College Station. So, you know, and it seems like. Each program has their own kryptonite, and it seems like Nebraska has been able to get the better of Micah Shrewsbury um, over the past couple seasons. So at least that's something the program can hang their hat on. Yeah, I mean, it, it ended, um, you know, obviously, uh, I think it was a four-game losing streak. They lost six to seven games, and so they definitely, you know, needed to get this win. Uh, you know, they, the last game that they won was over at Ohio State, who is – I believe in 13th place right now. So this is probably, you know, outside of the Iowa win, this is probably the best win Nebraska's had in the Big Ten. Penn State's a team that's you know actually needed that win to try to get to the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, that was impressive. But does this move, you know, kind of, or does this win kind of move the needle, I think, for Fred Hoiberg? I mean, what what's your – I know we've talked about this before, and, and this kind of rekindled the debate yesterday. Um, you know, people are talking about, you know, Fred Hoiberg and – and really, the I guess, you know, kind of a sentiment coming, you know, that I've seen is like, okay, so say if he beat Penn State and a few of these other teams and get like six, seven wins, is that really enough to keep Fred, you know, or, or should Nebraska basketball be kind of aiming higher, I guess, in the future than, than it is right now? It's an interesting question, isn't it? Because on one hand, you know, he's having a much better season record-wise than his previous seasons, and he's winning in the Big Ten. But on the other hand, his good is still not normal college basketball good. So you kind of wonder, do, do they help his case? Yeah. Would I be upset if they fired him and they, you know, started with a new coach? No. So, you know, I don't know if they move the needle. I think at this point, you know, they definitely help his case. But for me, I'm not so sure that this would solidify him coming back for me personally. I understand the injuries and all the rebuilds he's had to do over the past couple of years, but our barometer of success is very often the normal expected success for any successful basketball program. So I don't, I don't know if these wins move the needle. Yeah. And, you know, he's had four years to, you know, so, I mean, injuries shouldn't be, you know, I mean, I, I get it, but there's injuries to every team in college basketball. So, you know, I, I don't want to give Fred a pass for that. I just think it's going to be a tough decision for Trev Alberts to, you know, move on from him. But at the same time, you know, I've just been writing, you know, different preview articles and stuff. And I just keep getting the, you know, the vibe of the 2021 football season where, you know, they went where the Huskers went three and nine. They were close and they played hard and they put a lot of they put forth a lot of great effort. It wasn't it wasn't an issue of effort. There just were constant mistakes and things like that. I feel like the same thing is with 
you know, this basketball team, not that, you know, the, the efforts there and, and there is some talent on this team. I mean, I, you know, Casey Tominaga had a great night last night and this dude needs to be starting. I mean, uh, you know, going off for 30 points. And so, I mean, I do have hope for the future, but you are going to be losing Derek Walker and Sam Greasel next year. So, I mean, that's obviously, you know, a worrisome thing, but I'm just wondering if, you know, if Fred stays and then next season goes badly and then he's fired next year if, you know, we're not looking back and like we should have just done it after, you know, in 2023. So that that's my concern. I don't want to, you know, have that season like we wasted last season on Scott Frost in the football. I don't want to waste next year on Fred Hoiberg if it's just clear it's not going to work out. I also think the ceiling is a little bit lower for basketball than it is for football. But with that being said, um, I guess, no, they don't move the needle. I guess I can give you a definitive answer now because, you know, when you really think about it, like I said just a couple minutes ago, the success that we're having now should be a normal standard of success. It's not like we're asking him to win Big Ten tournaments every single year and go undefeated in conference play. I mean, his good year is the bare minimum. And, you know, not that it's his fault, but I look at his development of players here and it hasn't been that strong either that and player retainment hasn't been strong and I understand it's not all his fault but you know he's leading the ship and you know trying to reconstruct rosters and like you just mentioned he's going to lose his best players on this year's team uh next year and Walker and Greasel you know nothing nothing that he's done in the past says to me that he can kind of you know take this year and build off on it if anything i feel like this team is going to regress and then we're talking about you know three or four wins in conference play again yeah and you know there are some things that aren't his fault you know obviously but the program should be in a, a better position talent and depth wise i feel like you know than it is right now and um it, yeah obviously it hurts losing gary and bandamel but you know, look, we, you know, Jamarcus Lawrence has stepped up really well. You know, he hit three threes last night. So, I mean, there's there's pieces on this roster. They just, the depth is where they really struggle. But, I mean, but again, you know, if you look back at, like, the Illinois game, I mean, they were right in that game at halftime. I can't remember. They were either ahead or down by two or whatever it was. But, I mean, in the second half, they came out and just had a barrage of turnovers. So, you just, you can't turn the ball basketball over, whether you're playing college basketball or it's, you know, eighth grade basketball, you know, middle school groups. You can't turn the ball over 20 times every night and expect to win. And so, last night, Nebraska turned the ball over seven times. They only had six fouls. And that's how they basically won the game because Penn State hit 14 three-pointers. And uh, if you had told me going into that game that Penn State had more than 10 threes, I would not have thought Nebraska was going to win, you know. But uh, but they dominated in the two-point um, area. They played really solid defense, and they hit just enough threes to kind of keep things going. But Penn State only attempted one free throw. So Nebraska was plus nine at the free throw line. They were plus 18 you know, in the two-point uh, two battle. So, I mean, that's how you have to win games, but I just don't know if they – are going to be able to do that, you know, consistently. They're going to have to find another big guy in the transfer portal, probably a point guard. And it sure would help if Nebraska could get this NIL thing figured out because in, in basketball, it really does make a huge difference because there's a few, you know, there's not as many difference makers, I guess, in, in the transfer portal that way. So, I mean, if you could get your NIL game figured out and get, you know, a big time, uh, you know, big guy or point guard, I mean, it might help, but I feel like this program, you know, it's like with the football team, it shouldn't go five years without a bowl game. Nebraska basketball shouldn't go five years without some sort of postseason appearance beyond the Big Ten tournament. So, I mean, to me, I feel like the only way I can, can definitively say that Fred's back is if he gets him to the NIT, which, 
they still could have an outside shot of doing if they finish five and two, which is a long shot, no doubt about it. But I mean, you, he has to start doing something to justify his job. We're paying this guy millions and millions and millions of dollars to be the absolute, you know, worst team in the conference. So to me, something just doesn't, you know, sit right with that. Not at all. And the guy who hired him isn't even here anymore. So Trev really doesn't have any, you know, ties to Fred. He doesn't have to deal with this. And, you know, the other thing is under Fred Hoiberg, you know, the peaks have been, you know, kind of high, but the valleys have been very low. I mean, and so there's been no consistency. I mean, you take a look at the Iowa game back in December, for example, and they played outstanding. Sure, they left the Iowa shooters open a little bit, but, you know, they were able to get the job done. And then you take a look at the Illinois game um, at the end of January, or the middle part of January, rather, and they just got destroyed. So there's no, you know, measure of consistency with this team either. I mean, it seems like, I mean, we, we should have won the Purdue game, but then, you know, we got blown out in the first half by, you know, St. John's and never really recovered. So there's really no consistency with this program either. And to me, that's alarming in year four. I know, you know, new rosters, new players and things like that. But, you know, it's just it kind of reminds me of, you know, previous years with football. They start off strong and then they kind of fade towards the end. There's just no consistency within the program. So here's the look at the schedule. They got seven games left. It's at Michigan on Wednesday, home against Wisconsin on Saturday, at Rutgers next Tuesday, then home against Maryland, home against Minnesota, home against Michigan State. So a three-game homestand in there, and then the last game's at Iowa. So there's seven games in there. Um, you know, if Nebraska could win five, they would be they'd finish nine and eleven in the Big Ten um, standings, and they would. I think that they would they would finish above 500. Um, I think that's how I count. They might have to win one in the Big Ted tournament, but it's going to be really tough to that. Michigan game is going to be tough. They're playing better. Wisconsin at home, that's a game that you have to win right now. They're one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. Along, I mean, they're right along with Nebraska. They're probably about Penn State's level. Which um, is crazy when you think about the Wisconsin programs of old. Yeah, I mean, it is it is true, though, that this league is really tough. I mean, it yeah. is really, really tough, and if you – I mean, almost the, there are no gimme games. I mean, Minnesota is uh, the closest thing, and they they've beaten some. They they're a pretty solid team too. Rutgers so. is really good. Don't sleep on Rutgers. I know some some of us like to do that, me included. But they're really they're, they're really yeah, good. They're legit in basketball for sure. Um, they're going to the tournament this year, and winning at Rutgers is like nearly impossible. So, I mean, those Great home two court there. Yeah. Yeah. So the three road games are really going to be at Michigan, at Rutgers, and at Iowa. And like, honestly, looking at those three games, like surprising Michigan maybe would be the best chance. Like, if they just maybe Michigan underestimates Nebraska this week, or I think they might be playing Michigan State on, oh no, Michigan's playing Indiana on next Saturday. I was thinking maybe if they'd overlook Nebraska, but that honestly, because winning at Iowa is not going to be easy either. No. No. So. And then you have to win. But look, if if even if they just win their last four home games and finish eight and twelve, I mean, I feel like that would be a big improvement. I mean, it's it's still not where it would need to be, but I feel like that would be enough to keep Fred's job at this point. I mean, even though I still I still kind of have that same feeling though. I mean, about you know football and, and all that, because it's like, you know, if you if you gave me odds on it next year, like okay, so let's say is Fred going to be the coach in twenty twenty in the twenty twenty four season? We'll just call it you know to make things easy twenty twenty four next season. 
Um, I mean, I would say probably like 50-50, but then if you go the year, the year beyond that, it's probably like still 50-50 or a little bit lower. So it's like, are we just putting this off a year, I guess, is my thing. And and if if that's the case, maybe we really should look at, you know, making this move and, and really trying to make an investment in this program. I think Sam, um, I read an article, Sam McKeon, I'm sorry if I've got the name right, the guy for the Omaha World Herald. I don't know how to pronounce was, his name either. So, And he was talking about that, though, like Nebraska's, uh, you know, Hoiberg's paid in the top half of, of coaches, but Nebraska should really just, you know, decide that, hey, like being a middle of the run program isn't enough. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, money invested in this thing. He was talking about getting just an AD for college bat or just for basketball, an assistant AD for basketball, which I do think would be a good idea. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, but look, it's Nebraska's in the Big Ten. So they, you know, they have to get away from this um, attitude of like, you know, basketball is just whatever. And I don't think that that's, I, I do think Nebraska wants to be good at basketball, but it just hasn't worked under Fred Ho- Hoiberg. And I, I know everybody, the big question is, well, who would you go get? I mean, that's that's up to Trev Albert. I mean, we all said the same thing about Scott Frost. You know, if Scott Frost is going to leave, who's going to, you know, and then Matt Rule kind of, you know, fell into our lap. So sometimes things just work out. You, you just never know. And you can't be afraid of the future of who you're going to hire. But we'll see how the season finishes. But I still think it's up in the air whether Fred will be back, you know, next year. And I, I just have a hard time seeing him with the with the current trajectory of the program, like having long-term success here to not be fired in the next season or two. That, that's just my feeling. Yeah, no, I agree, and you're just delaying it at this point, and you don't want to make the same mistake you made with football. And, you know, um, out of this stretch that they're going on, I see maybe wins against Minnesota and Wisconsin, and that's it. Because I, it's not, to me, it's not a question of can this team play hard. And, you know, they've showed they can play hard. It's a question of in the second half when you need to, buckled down the lack of depth and development is going to really hurt you in those games and you know I know we beat Iowa but that was an off night for Iowa I remember we left them open a lot and they just couldn't hit a three-point shot and so you're not always going to get that lucky and you know I just to me it's not about oh who are we going to hire is it going to be successful for the program because right now (laughs) what are we doing we're losing games and we're you know, five and 500 in the big 10 in the last three years. So <laughs> to me, yeah. it's not really who are we going to bring in? Is he going to be a detriment to the program? We can't really get any worse, especially when you compile, you know, the records of the past couple seasons. This was the first season that we kind of felt like, okay, we're onto something here. But other than that, I mean, I don't think, you know, thinking outside the box and trying to, you know, find a basketball coach, I don't think it's going to, hurt the program at all because the results just haven't been there with the current one i mean yeah you can't do any worse than they've already i mean i'm <laughs> yeah, pretty like, sure i'm pretty sure i could coach the team to like four big 10 wins I mean, you know like but uh yeah i don't know we'll see i mean there's there's got to be some people out there there's there's good coaches out there i mean that's the thing is you know like you can find good coaches and uh, guys that have won at places that are a lot harder than nebraska so Hopefully, Fred, I mean, turns us, I mean, maybe Fred will just prove us wrong and get this team to the NIT. And then, uh, you know, that'll, that'll totally change the perspective on it. But that's kind of what I thought coming into the season that this team had the potential to make the NIT. And I feel like if they don't do that, I, I just feel like that's kind of a disappointment. And, uh, you know, this was, this was Fred's best team. I mean, I think everybody can agree with that. It was his most, uh, win ready team, I guess you want to say. And then, I mean, if you still end up like six and 14 in the Big Ten, well, then, 
that's the best you can do. I mean, that's not if good. If that's enough. your most win ready I mean, team and that's what you hang your hat on yeah. for the past four or four years or so, then uh maybe it's time to pack your bags. That's that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like that's not the just the expectation needs to be like that's not good enough. And so either no. I mean, I can understand if they don't want to pay him like the 11. I And this is just, I've heard people say this. I haven't like checked it. I haven't seen the contract, but I know the buyout's like 11 million bucks or whatever. Um, so I maybe there would be some some hesitation there. But again, it's like, do you guys want to invest in the sport or do you want to be an also ran? That's a decision Nebraska has to make. And and uh, I, I think they're going to try to, I mean, there's no reason with all this money that the school has to the Big Ten like you might as well spend it because this program. I mean, the people who are are uh, filling up the vault. I mean, they deserve better than than this basketball program, and I'll, I'll just say that. The place was packed. The place was the place has been absolutely packed. They've yeah, been it's loud. been awesome. Yeah, yeah, they've been loud and they've been excited, and you know, it just really speaks to how passionate the fans are for the program. So to just deliver, I'll say for right now, a five hundred product in Big Ten play, I don't think that's a big ask at all, and so. You know, I think um, I think the fans do deserve better, and we saw it happen. You know, with football, we got a brand new coaching hire and a splash. I mean, maybe we can see something like that with basketball because the fans do deserve better. And you know, I think the basketball program, you know, can get back to some sort of respectability. But um, you know, right now it's right now it's just in a tough spot and. People say, and I've heard this a ton, oh, we never should have fired Tim Miles. The bottom fell out once Isaac Copeland got hurt in Tim Miles last season. So I don't know if, you know, he would have been as effective, um, you know, in the future. And I don't think he was necessarily a good recruiter as well. Yeah, so, you know, we'll see. I I don't have a a short list of candidates for you, but, you know, I I could have one if if I really looked into it. We'll have time to come up with one, I think. We'll have time. Hopefully it doesn't get to that point. And, and I mean, congrats on the win last night, not to like spoil yeah, it. I yeah, mean, yeah. that was a good win. It was nice to, it just, it was good to just get a win. That's how I, I felt last night. Like how I felt when Nebraska, like I'm trying to want beat like, you know, Indiana and in football this season, just like getting, I just didn't want to see this team lose like the last 10 games of the season. So now I have some more hope. I mean, and some of these guys are stepping up, you know, Lawrence uh, stepping up, Tominaga, you know, he's Dawson. back next year yeah Dawson I mean and and all those guys playing is going to help you know especially those two guards but you know you're still gonna have to add some guys this offseason so I mean we'll we'll see but good win last night um we'll switch gears a little bit there's not a ton of kind of football news but there's a couple of things obviously it's the Super Bowl this week um in case any of you guys forgot and there are a slew of Huskers playing for the Eagles we've got uh Cam Jurgens, Jack Stoll um, and Dominican Sue, you know, my boy and Dominican Sue still playing, looking to get another ring. And then, um, shoot, I forget the it's booty we got playing for the Broncos, right? Or for the uh, the Chiefs, <laughs> DiCaprio Boodle, yeah, yep. Dickie Boodle, yeah, DiCaprio <laughs> Boodle. I always want to, I always want to say that's an I in the end instead of an L. I don't know why. I've not booty, not booty. And, <laughs> and, and, and in fact, he was not booty during his time at Nebraska, he was pretty good, so we could definitely use him in the secondary, uh. Uh, we could have used him a couple of years ago in the secondary, but anyway, Boodle and then um, was there one more or is that it? I think that's it. Yeah, that's it for the Chiefs. But yeah, so I mean, shout out to Cam Jurgens. I absolutely ripped him when he went into the NFL draft, and you know now he's a very you know a very good center, and you know he proved us all wrong. He proved me wrong, that's for sure. And I think you know when you look at you know Trey Palmer didn't exactly 
make a splash in the senior bowl. But if you look at, you know, the recent, you know, success of getting Nebraska players to the NFL, Jurgens had a great combine and he really stood out to a lot of scouts. So I I thought it was pretty interesting that Palmer didn't, you know, play um this weekend, but you know, I think another team um will be able to pick him up maybe in the later rounds or something. I th- I I definitely think he's going to be drafted. I just I just think also that the wide receiver class this year is deep with, you know, late round talent. Yeah, I've always thought that Trey was going to go like rounds four to seven, rounds five to seven. You know, I I don't see him being a day two or three pick, but, you know, that doesn't mean he's not going to be a good player. I mean, lots of guys go in the fifth round. I mean, uh, I know he turned into a bit of a psycho, but this is just the first guy off the top of my head. But Antonio Brown was a sixth rounder out of Western Michigan or whatever, and he, you know, became an all pro. So the the scouting process, especially when it comes to receivers, is very – um, you know, there's just there's a lot of guys that are kind of in that same range and it just depends where you fit. But I mean, with the Julian right. Fit, Edelman. Yeah, exactly. A seventh round pick. I mean, play quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just about finding the right fit. And, uh, you know, but Trey's a guy that I think he's got a future because for one, he can play in the slot, but two, he can play on the outside. He's got that speed. Um, you know, I think he can help as a return guy. So. You know, even though I, I do think he's getting a little bit slept on during this draft uh, process, you know, once he gets to the combine and uh, posts a really good time there, that's going to be that's really going to be where he shines. You know, and I did see him make a few plays in practice this week at the Senior Bowl. And what what happens in the game, I just don't think it matters a heck of a whole lot. You know, really in the at the end of the day. So um, it would have been fun to see him, you know, ball out there. I'm not sure why he wasn't given the opportunity. Maybe there was, you know, something. Maybe there was injury. I'm, I really don't know. It's just kind of a weird deal. I didn't pay that much attention to it. Uh, but I do think he's going to have a chance to be a solid player, though. And I'll be interested to see, too, when they get to the NFL Combine. I mean, how guys like Garrett Nelson and uh, O'Shawn Mathis do, I think that's going to be really important for those guys to put up a solid time. And I'm trying to think about who else could even uh, get drafted for Nebraska off the top of my head. Oh, uh, Vokalek. I don't know if he'll get drafted, but he's definitely going to get signed. I I think it would have helped him if he not gotten injured this year. Uh, but you know he was really... on a very good trajectory this year, minus yeah. the injuries. So, and you know, I think, I think if Trey Palmer played on a winning team or a team not Nebraska, I bet you he wouldn't be as slept on. Yeah, probably. I mean, I yeah, I, I think so. But you know, you just got to get your chance in the NFL. That's the biggest thing. You know, you, the, uh, the second contract is way more important than the first one. So even if you get drafted rounds three through five, but look, the thing is, man, if he, if he puts out a blazing time, if he runs like sub four, four at the, at the combine, then he might go into those top 100 picks. You just, you never know. And beauty's the eye of the beholder. We've seen NFL teams. I mean, we've seen the Patriots and the Raiders, you know, draft guys in the second round and people like, who the hell is that? So no reason that a, that Trey Palmer or somebody can't surprise, but wouldn't I wonder if Nebraska maybe four guys could get drafted? I could maybe see Vokalek getting drafted in like the seventh round because I do Vokalek. think he's a pretty good two way tight end. Vokalek, Palmer, and then Nelson Mathis. and Nelson and Mathis maybe. Ooh, I see three: Mathis, Vokalek, and Palmer. I think Nelson again. I still think Nelson left too early, but to each see, his I own. Could, I could see him get I, I think he'll get picked in like the seventh round. I just think he's got enough to uh you know, because he's a good he's a really good run stuffer too. I mean, that's one thing he kind of doesn't get enough credit for, I think, from fans is his run stopping ability. And he he does need to improve as a pass rusher for sure. But I think he's got some raw ability. But 
it depends too how he runs and how he does, you know, those cone things, you know, the cone drill and all that type of stuff. Because some teams are going to look at him and say, hey, like, this is an edge. He needs to stand up, you know, in our scheme. He needs to be, or at least have the ability to, to be a stand up edge. And I'm just, I'm not sure that he can do that really well. I think he's more of a, a hand in the dirt type of player, but we'll yeah. see. I mean, that's where all that testing and stuff really is important because, you know, they're trying to project you to be like an edge outside linebacker. They're looking to see if you can actually like athletically make those movements. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think he has the potential to be a very good edge type of player. I just like, I just think he probably could have used another year of, of refining it. So he would have two years of that on tape, but you know, I, hopefully he gets, you know, drafted and I think, he might be a little bit more of a project player, but he's the type of low risk, very, very, very high upside player that teams like. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see too, what the talent that this current program is bringing in. If, um, if we see more draft picks in the future, because I see some names and I'm not going to put any expectations or pressure on them, but I see names that, I think will fit very well in the NFL when their time comes. Like, especially if you talk about a guy like Uma Malian, or I just said, I'm not going to name names, but screw it. I'm naming names or a guy like Malachi Coleman. I think, you know, that type of deep threat wide receiver, you know, I think, um, I think there are some, I think this program can get some names into the NFL in the future. And you know what, if we win, it'll make it that much easier to get them to the show. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely NFL talent on this roster. You know, I think there's some guys, Quentin Newsom in the secondaries one. I think, uh, you know, Miles Farmer potentially has some NFL ability. Um, AJ know. Allen, I think, does. Yeah, AJ Allen uh, definitely does. I think Anthony Grant, you know, could have a shot. I'm not saying he's going to be like an early pick or something, but he's he could be looking at like two, you know, thousand yard seasons in the Big Ten. So I think that guy's going to at least get a shot in the NFL. Um you know, so that, yeah, there's definitely some talent on this team. And, you know, uh, it, it's just, it'll be interesting to see. I, I was thinking when you were talking, I wish that Garrett Nelson was a part of this defensive line because I'd feel a lot better about it. He would have been it, good. But, he would have been good uh, yeah. on this defensive line. But to each his own, maybe he just didn't want to go through a new coaching staff. And, you know, but I think when you look at, you know, some of the speed guys, you know, like we mentioned Coleman and we mentioned Lloyd. But I think when you look at, you know, some of the speed guys and, the fact that, you know, this program continues to want speed, I think that will help out this program in the future. They just offered a kid, I don't remember his name, 2024 out of Virginia on Saturday, who's really, really fast. And so, you know, I think that speed element that this program wants will translate over into the NFL. I mean, you just look at skill-wise, like a guy like Tyreek Hill and, or somebody who plays, you know, to a lesser extent, like McCall Hardman, that type of gadget player in this type of wide open NFL offense, you know, league speed rules the day. And I think this program wants it. And I think that could prepare players very well for the next level. I think, you know, for this coaching staff, um, next level preparation is a big thing. And I'm not sure if it was for others, for, for other staffs, even, say two years ago well yeah look kids want to make the nfl they want to get to the playoff and they want to play that's basically and they want nil that's so essentially kids want four things they want to get on the field they want their nil money they want to be in the playoff and then they want to get to the nfl 
So you have to be able to, I mean, if you want to really recruit at the big level, like, you know, that's what those Alabama, all those big schools offer, all four of those things, the best ones. And that's, those are the teams that get the best players. So that's what Nebraska has to do. And I feel like Matt Rule is going to do a good job of getting guys to the NFL. I feel like this next five, 10 years is going to be a great run for Nebraska in that regard. Um, you know, starting to look more like Nebraska used to look like in the, I'm not saying it's, we're going to win like we did in the nineties by any means, but, it, but I'm saying in terms of Don't having get that like, conversation going, don't get but, that, <laughs> but multiple guys, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. well, and think, I mean, people, so Tom Osborne was the coach for like 27 years or 25 years. I mean, don't kill me people. Okay. If I get, but look, he had most of those eras, you know, he, he the thing that kind of defined him was that he never won fewer than nine games. I mean, he had the great, five-year stretch where they won three national championships but like before that tom osborne was known as the guy that couldn't win the big game so i mean like if if nebraska can just get back to the point where we can win eight or nine games every year like to me that's where this program should be and and i do think that that is realistic and then um you know i, I feel like they can start turning out getting guys going to the nfl like they were consistently in the 90s in the trenches and the skill positions and you I mean nebraska used to dominate in terms of like Offensive linemen, running backs, pass rushers, and defensive backs. I mean, those are and linebackers too. But I mean, there was always guys getting drafted on the defense to the NFL, and that's what really. I mean, the offensive line too, and that's really made all those teams great. But the defenses is what you know won you know Tom Osborne all those championships, in my opinion. And and we got to start getting those guys drafted to the NFL again. And I do think the staff is going to do a good job at that. And even during the Frost era, we saw you know several players drafted. It kind of made you wonder, like. Maybe it, maybe it really is the coach that's not working out here because we had let's see Doman drafted we had Boodle drafted or Boodle was signed as an undrafted free agent and I actually believe Doman was as well but you saw guys go to the NFL and you were just sitting there thinking like huh interesting I wonder why so many guys are going to the NFL and we had you know six wins in the last two years but in any event I think you know you look at a guy for example like Hassan Reddick. You know, somebody that Matt Rule was able to develop and, you know, P.J. Walker was another one. And, you know, I, I do think that the Nebraska NFL pipeline, so to speak, will be able to come back under uh, under this new coaching staff. And I think, um, you know, with their ability to develop linemen, I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, teams really want. I mean, even a smaller school. Up here where I live, like Boston College, they were able to, you know, develop Chris Lindstrom, uh, develop um, uh, Zion Johnson, I believe his name was. And, you know, Johnson went 17th overall, and Chris Lindstrom was also picked in the middle of the first round. So it's about development. And, you know, if they can just develop that line position, that could start a nice pipeline for the program in its own right. Yeah, and one thing to, uh, you know, talk about guys who could get to the future of the NFL, you know, we should toss in a Dylan Rayola update here. There's not a ton of recruiting news to come out of this weekend. I mean, it's a dead period right now, so there's not, um, you know, coaches can't make visits and recruits can't take visits anywhere. Um, I mean, so there, there, there is kind of a, a slow period right now, but um, Dylan Rayola did an interview with The Athletic, and he did talk about a couple of future visits planned. I actually didn't see this until um, earlier this morning, but he's said that he's going to take a visit to Georgia on March 18th and Nebraska on March 25th. I'm not sure if these 
our official visits. I believe that is the time where you could take official visits if you want to. Um, I'd have to double check that. I know it's kind of in that spring time frame. Um, but the fact that Nebraska's got one of those two visits scheduled, I think, is important. I don't think it's a huge uh, surprise. I feel like they're right, you know, in that top two with Georgia. And I know USC's, you know, if you want to make it a top four with USC and Oregon. But I feel like the top two right now are Nebraska and Georgia. Um, USC's like right on the outside. I know people mention Oregon, but, you know, until he goes there and visits the school, I'm not really going to give you know another school much much credence i think he's i think you know visits really tell the story in college football recruiting i mean that really is the truth and the relationship so i think that that's big um another thing that caught my eye though um you know husker online kind of hosted their you know like a open thing for you know recruits and um a little bit of intel that came out of that brian munson on husker online was he he talked to uh, daniel kalen who said that he's trying to looking at making a decision next month so it kind of uh the way things are setting up, it's like, oh, if Nebraska misses on, you know, Rayola, they could they could try to get Daniel Kalen. Well, it's not looking like that's going to work out. So it's, it looks like it's either going to be like Rayola or nothing in this. You know, not that there aren't other quarterbacks, but th those are the two guys that we've kind of been talking about. And it seems like their timelines just aren't matching up. So I don't know. What, what's what's your thoughts on all that type of stuff? Rayola is supposed to make his decision in March, correct? I mean, that's what he said, but. You know, if he's taking the unless he's making decision the decision after those visits, which would be great I was for Nebraska. Say, I, but... I I really like that we're getting a March twenty fifth visit because to me, if he's making a decision in March, like he said, you know things could change. But like he said, if he's making a decision in, in March, getting that visit toward the end of the month could be crucial. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't exactly <laughs> I don't exactly love the same timelines for Kalen and Rayola. Um. I feel like if they miss out on Rayola, they are going to have to either move really quickly with Kalen or have a very solid backup plan. Um, but I kind of like where Nebraska sits for that. What did you say, March twenty fifth visit? I think I think so. Yeah, that could be could be a couple of days here or there, but I believe that's what it was. Was March twenty fifth? I like that we're getting that visit toward the end of the month. If he stays with his March timeline. I think that's really even a better thing for Nebraska. And as far as Kalen goes, you know, I think if Nebraska misses out on Rayola and they want and they want to land Kalen, then they better, you know, make moves quickly. But um, it'll be interesting to see. The worst thing that could happen to me is that they don't get either guy in the class, which is also something given Nebraska's recent luck I could see happening. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to land one or the other and. You know, uh, to me, I kind of feel like Rayola is going to Nebraska just based off the timeline and based off the fact that he originally wanted to decide in March. Yeah, it could be. You know, I mean, it's uh, we'll see. I mean, because Kalen was talking about that he wanted to make a decision in January. And then so, I mean, these timelines too going to get pushed around a little bit based on, you know, coaching staff and other guys out there. But I mean, I know Colorado offered him. Um you know, I'm, I'm not sure who else is, is pushing for him to make that decision yet. But, look, it doesn't mean he guys couldn't get flipped or whatever. I mean, Matt Rule told him, I don't want you to leave the state of Nebraska. But, you know, it's also – it's pretty obvious where Nebraska's, you know, investing, you know, the majority of its eggs, I guess, so to speak, in its recruiting quarterback, you know, basket is, is with Dylan Rayola. So, we'll see. You have to – it's hard to blame him for that. I mean, he's got – I mean, he's, he's basically got everything you could ever want in a quarterback. To me, he's like the next Caleb Williams. And so – um I would love to get him, and we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see 
between now and March, if he winds up in Lincoln on some trip with his uh, with his dad to see his uncle or something, that would be another because that's an advantage Nebraska has that nobody else can't because recruits you know can't be on campus except you know he has that family tie, so it wouldn't be you know like a visit or whatever. So I'm interested to see if something like that happens. Um, you know, other than that, I, I think we're just going to keep seeing you know the staff kind of put out offers and you know kind of do those things and and keep uh, keep going keep things going forward with this 2024 class. Yeah, and you know I'll be interested to see if Rayola commits here, for example, what other dominoes follow, what other recruits will commit here, maybe even shortly after. I mean, because Dylan Rayola has that type of star power, so to speak, to where receivers will want to play with him, receivers will want to come here, you know receiving running backs will want to come here. So I'll be interested to see the domino effect, you know, overall that Rayola creates for Nebraska. And if we don't land him, you know, what does that mean for our quarterback search in the future? It's it's a very interesting and kind of polarizing dynamic for the program. But, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of, you know, as I say, happy to be here if I'm Nebraska. Uh, competing against Georgia for a recruit is, is you know, difficult, but you know, if we want to get some of the big dogs, we got to compete with some of the big dogs. So, and I'm just um, looking through the uh, calendar. So I do believe that he would be able to take official visits. You know, in that March uh, time frame, and then um, I think there would be another frame in April to May, and then in June again, where you'd be able to take. So there's a few different windows where you can take. Um, you know, those kind of official visits. So, you know, that would be, you know, that I think that he, that would be a time where he could do that. And uh, that would be huge for Nebraska to, to be able to land him would be, uh, you know, an incredible get and it would definitely, you know, jumpstart the recruiting momentum for 2024. And um, we'll definitely be uh, keeping you up to date on all of the Dylan Rayola and Daniel Kalen and all the recruiting info that you need to know. So make sure that you guys, uh, you know, hit that, uh, you know, subscribe button, subscribe to the Husker Big Red YouTube channel. Um, you know, make sure that you, you know, get into the comment section, you know, let us know what you think about Fred Hoiberg and, you know, this recruiting class and, uh, you know, hell throw out your Super Bowl predictions. I'm going with the Chiefs, but, uh, you know, like get into the like and uh, Danny, before we before we head out, what's your Super Bowl pick for this week? Probably the Chiefs uh, 31 to I'll say, you know what, 31 28. I think it's going to be a last possession game. I really do. I think it's going to be a tough game because the Kansas City Chiefs defense, you know, they they play okay, but the the Eagles have weapons, so I think it's going to be a good game regardless. I agree. I do think it's. I'm going to say like 34, 31 Chiefs. I think it's going right. to be a good one though. Yeah, right? I, I, do. I I do think yeah, like Pat Mahomes will get the ball with like 40 seconds left and get him in field goal range to win it. But, and uh, also in the comments, if you have any ideas for anything you want us to talk about, please let us know. We're kind of entering into a dead period in terms of content, so. Any fan suggestions, please let us know. We love talking, as you probably realize. So, you know, just let us know. And I think good times are ahead. I, I, I know I've said that before, but I really do believe that good times are ahead for the program, football program. Yeah, we'll put out some, uh, maybe some mailbags. We'll start doing some more of that stuff, and we'll uh, start looking at uh, looking ahead to 2023. Maybe do start doing some spring ball predictions and some stuff like that, because it's not that far away, really. No, it really isn't. Let's see. So. We got, is it April 22nd? Right. Yeah, that's the spring game. I'm not I don't know the exact date off the top of my head when spring football starts, but it has to be, you know, next month. Well, we're in February already, which I can't believe. So, yeah, I I would assume so. And then I think what I'm planning to do is a lot is a 
is a reaction and chat stream for the spring game. So I have that to look forward to. So I'd love for you guys to get into the comments and chat during the spring game. I don't know if Chris, if you can make it. I know Saturdays are tough, but I'm 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 planning to do that because I have no life whatsoever. So <laughs> if the if the work schedule will allow, I'll be there. But if not, I'll have to like watch it on my phone. I'll probably be at like a track meet or something. But maybe not. Hopefully it'll work out. <laughs> <laughs> so all right but, uh, all right guys well again thanks for joining us and uh, hit that subscribe button like and comment and uh, as always go big red go big red